0: Well, good morning. Wow, you know, that was a vibrant answer. So I want to commend you on that. All right, you're awake this morning on this dreary Sunday. That's good. You know, a day that you could be sleeping in. Instead, you decide to come here to the house of God. So we want to commend you, first of all, for that. And thank you so much for being here. I know that God's got something wonderful and planned for us. I mean, already, have we not experienced the presence of God here this morning? Oh, come on now. Have we not already experienced? Yes, Amen. In fact, um, as Sister Bev just said, uh, give me word that uh, Connie Pruitt has been taken out of the ICU as of this morning. So, uh, so I, that's a big answer prayer. So we give God the glory for that. So I'm real excited uh, for the next couple weeks. Um, we're going to be talking on a topic uh, called dangerous prayers. It's really kind of hard to see. Uh, My graphic here because of the lighting situation, but it's there, okay? It's there. If you go to your Uversion app, you'll be able to see it there. You'll be able to follow along with the scriptures. But I'm really excited about being able to uh, start this series, uh, this morning especially. Um, Have you ever had a a time where you knew that God was speaking or, or, you know, a lot of people get that confused. They think they got to hear God audibly. But maybe you have felt the spirit of God moving, um, kind of being an influence of in your life, and He's kind of like pulling you a certain way. Has anyone ever experienced that before? Right? Probably almost all of us. Okay, have, have been in that top, you know, type of situation. Well, this has been happening for me here in the last couple of weeks, and uh, it, it's kind of amazing. Um, I'm going to be a little bit transparent with you. How? When you think you're living your life the way you need to be living it, when you think you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing right, it's amazing to me how God can still find something in you that says, you know what, we still need to work on this. All right, And I am thankful that God still speaks to me or speaks to us and says, you know what, you're doing good. You're pursuing me. You're going after me. I see the work. I see your intent, I see your heart, but you're still falling a little short here, and there's a couple things we need to work on. And uh, so this morning, what we're going to start the series called Dangerous Prayers, and what I want you to understand about this topic that we're going to get into is that dangerous prayers sometimes are the prayers that are not easily spoken or said. You know, we all can say the easy prayers, you know, for instance... God bless us. That's an easy prayer. That's a safe prayer. Okay? We can say, you know, God, give us, you know, traveling mercies. All right? Again, that's an easy prayer. That's a safe prayer. We can even expand it to a little bit more. God, I need you to do this in my life like I need a healing in my life. That's an easy and a safe prayer. God, I need you to forgive me of my sins. That's an easy and a safe prayer. Prayer. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles this morning to Psalms chapter 139. Give you just a tad bit of a head start there. Uh, You can go ahead and turn there. We're going to be looking at verses 23 and 24. But before I get into reading of the scripture, I need to forewarn you here. I need to forewarn you because what we're going to get into for the next two weeks, it may be longer, but at least for the next two weeks, is something that's gonna cause you to come out of the comfort zone that you're currently there in, okay? You see, I, my prayer here recently, and not just recently, but for some time, has been, God, you know, I, I want this church and the people of this church to really grasp and to get a hold of how awesome and majestic and powerful how amazing you truly are. I want us to get a hold of not just a knowledge of knowing how great and powerful God is, but I want us to begin to live that disciplined life where we say, you know what? God, in order for me to get from here to here spiritually, I know that there's some things in my life that must change. And see, it's not enough. For us to get into a comfort zone of where we pray the prayers to God of we need this, God. God, bless us here. God, I need spiritual strength. God, I need you to give me answer. That's fine. And that's wonderful. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that. But where the challenge comes is when we get done with that prayer and we say, God, all right, I need to begin to change me. In order for you to grow in me, and in order for you to be seen through me, I need to change who I am. I need to change some of the things that have made me in the reputation of what I have today. You know, um, David prayed a prayer. He says in Psalms 139, and this is where it gets really dangerous for us. Go ahead and throw up the scripture, please. Search me, God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, go right back to that verse 23 and verse 24. Here's what I want us to do for a moment. I want us to pray this prayer that David prayed, and I want us to do it aloud together. All right, here we go. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, we're going to this morning take a look at this passage of scripture that the psalmist had had, uh, had prayed to God. And what I want you to understand here is this was a prayer that David had prayed that uh, before this prayer had happened, David's enemies and God's enemies kind of rebuked David and and said that his motives were wrong. He had the wrong motive. He was going about things with the wrong intent or for the wrong purpose. Now, you know, most of us in this room right now, we would would become offensive. We would, or rather get onto the defensive side of this. What would we do? We would probably run out our mouth. Okay, If somebody comes back with you with harsh words and and coming against something that you are doing, chances are you're going to defend yourself in any way that you possibly could. Why? Because you want to make your name right. You want people to see you for who you think you are rather than for what they think you are. You see, the first point of this message this morning is David says this. Search my heart, O God, and know my, excuse me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Search me, God, and know my heart. You see, the heart is a is a deceitful thing. It really is. You know, we we kind of, as humanity, give an individual the benefit of the doubt whenever they're doing something, and you know we. It it doesn't go right or, you know, something totally backfired on it. And what is one of the things that we typically say? Oh, well, you know what? They have a good heart. They may not be living their life right, but you know what? They have a good heart. Well, I want to tell you the opposite. Scripture tells us that the heart is not good, that the heart is deceitful. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says this. The human heart, the heart is what? It is deceitful above all things. And beyond cure, who can understand it? Think about that for a moment. That the heart is deceitful above all things. You see, we need to understand that without Christ in our heart, our heart is deceitful. Without him inside of us, our motive is for one thing and one thing only, and that is us. The things that we do, the things that we would say, how we would respond would be totally about ourselves. It's deceitful. You see, think about this for a second. Some things that we go over in life and, and we say to ourselves is, I'm not full of pride. I can't help it if I'm better than anyone else. Think about that. That hit. That hit. Here we go. I don't lust at all. I just appreciate a fine physique. Some of you want to laugh, but you don't because you're afraid somebody might judge you for that one. So I'll laugh for you. (laughs) Here we go. I'm not materialistic. I just need nice things. And this is my favorite. Everyone listen, please. I'm not a gossip. I never gossip. I'm just telling people so they can pray for all those bad people. (laughs) Gosh, that's harsh, isn't it? That's a deceitful heart. You know, I'm gonna argue the fact that I think the most common lie that we tell is not to one another, But in all actuality, it's to ourself. We kind of try to justify what we say and what we do. It's not that big of a deal, really. Just because I said this about this individual. It's not that big. I'm trying to warn people. I'm trying to have them pray for that person. Really. How about you pray for them? You know, the heart can be so deceitful. Let me ask you a question here. Who in here has ever lied? Now look around. Now keep your hand up. Look around. You're in bad company. And you're in church. Search my heart, God. Show me what's in there. This is a dangerous prayer. Because sometimes we don't want to know what's in our heart. We don't want to see the lies that we've been telling ourselves to make ourselves look better to us. Because we, we think in our mind, well, if, if I feel good about myself, and this is where we are in society in, bleh, into society today, if I feel good about myself, who cares what anyone else thinks? That's where we are. That's the mentality that we have taken. It doesn't matter what everyone else thinks, what, what everyone thinks my reputation is or anything like that. As long as I feel good about me, that's all that matters. And so David, David understood this. He wanted, before he came back at his enemies or God's enemies with words or actions, he went to God first and said, God, search me. Search me, God. When you pray, search my heart. That is dangerous. Because God might just reveal some things about you that you're not ready to accept. God might reveal some things about you and your life that you don't want to admit. I think we all can say that there are certain things that we try to cover up and move past in our life, but yet they kind of creep up again. And we we don't want to admit. That we have a problem. We don't want to admit that we have a problem with pride. Or with gossip or with lust. We don't want to admit that we have a problem with materialistic things. We don't want to admit that we have a a problem with how people see us. And so we lie to ourselves. So for us to pray a prayer. As David prayed and said. Search me God. Know my heart. It's not. That God needed to know his heart. After all, he's God. God knows it. He's wanting God to bring it and reveal it to him in that moment. Second thing we're going to take a look at, it says, David prayed, reveal my fears. Verse 23, again, says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And then he says this, and know my anxious thoughts, anxious thoughts. You know, what are those anxious thoughts? I mean, we all worry. You worry about your kids. You worry about your spouse. You know, we worry about our jobs. We worry about whether or not we can pay bills. We worry. We worry about one another. (laughs) You worry about yourself. But what are we truly afraid of? You know, uh, the other day, I'm, I'm in my, we're in the minivan. I still have a hard time saying I have a minivan, all right? I'm a minivan dad now, all right? I've had it for three years, but I'm still struggling. Pray for me, all right? So I'm driving down the road in the minivan, and Andrea's, of course, in the passenger seat, and Caden and Carter are in there, and, and we got three rows, so now Carter thinks he needs to be in the back row. He's... He's a backseat driver all the time. And uh, so we're in the minivan, and we're driving down the road. And all of a sudden, my wife begins to panic. As the person that's driving the vehicle, I'm going, what? And I'm, looking, I'm looking in the rearview mirror. I'm looking in my side mirrors. I'm looking all over the place. And she's panicked. She's, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. I'm going to rear-end somebody. This is not... You need to get the woe out and tell me what's wrong. You know? I'm looking back, I'm thinking Carter has done something in the back, you know? And so she panics. And so I panic. I'm like, what? And she's like, look. And she's pointing into the center of the windshield. And I'm looking beyond the windshield thinking, there must be something out there. And all of a sudden, there's this look at the head of a pen, it's this little baby spider <laughs> that begins to come down. We're about to have a major accident over this little bitty spider. And Carter, poor thing, flips out. That is a spider! Get rid of the spider! And I'm going, what in the world? So I just grab it and I just toss it out the window. And I'm like, can we please calm down? It's okay. So a couple days later, huh? <laughs> yeah. So a couple days later, see, I don't have a fear of spiders, but everyone else in my family does but me. So I take care of all the extermination stuff, okay? So the other day, I'm out, so we're outside. I'm with the boys. Andrew's working. We live in a cul-de-sac. So when I tell you they're playing in the street, it's Okay. All right? They're playing in the street. All right? And I'm, I'm sitting there on the, uh, and on the steps, and I'm watching them. And all of a sudden, Carter comes running across the yard. And, and he's got this thing that's about this long. Okay? And he's holding it, and he's running. He's like, Dad, Dad, look, look. And I'm like, it's a piece of rope. No, it's a snake. It's a dead snake. I now had the panic attack because I'm deathly afraid of snakes. I'm looking at him. He's going to grab it. I'm like, no, son, you throw it away. You know, I should have grabbed. I ain't grabbing. I'm not touching. I don't care if it's dead or not. It could have some poison and kill me. That's all I can think about. And then there's um at nighttime, it's time to go to bed. And I've, I've told you all that before. It's, it's kind of an experience in our house, but you know, it's Carter, you got to go to the bathroom before you go to bed. And you know, I don't know where, when this happens or how this happens, but somewhere between the age of four and five, he all of a sudden became afraid of the dark. You know, any other time I would be like, Carter go. And he'd be like, all right. You know, he'd flip on the lights and go. And now it's Every room we pass through or hallway, we must turn the light on. I must be with him, holding his hand until he gets into the bathroom. You see, we're all afraid of different things. We all have different scare levels, fright levels, whatever you want to call it. But we're not going to talk about that type of fear, about God revealing that type of fear, because that's easy fear to understand. All right, that's funny fear. That's stupid fear. That's... I mean, except for the snake, that's not... (laughs) But what is it in your life that truly makes you afraid, you know, uh, afraid of losing the job that you have? Uh, uh, you know, I, I've heard from some young couples or, or young people, maybe not young couples, but, you know, I, I would love to, Pastor Kevin, I'd love to get married by a certain age. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just, was so, don't tell my wife. All right, you know, afraid of of being stuck in a marriage that you maybe is not getting better. You know, maybe you're there. I don't know. You know what a lot of people are afraid of? And I'm just throwing out examples here for you. Success. A lot of people are afraid of success because they're afraid of gaining something and losing it later. Think about that. Spiritually, we kind of fall under that. We're afraid of gaining something and losing it later. That's kind of crazy to me. But fear is in all of us. You see, David says, reveal my fears or my anxious thoughts. He says, show me my anxious thoughts. There's a uh, pastor by the name of Greg Rochelle. And this is what he said. And this is a quote. And I like it. You might want to write it down. But he says, what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. If I'm scared to death that my marriage isn't going to work well, then I'm not putting confidence that God can keep my marriage strong. If I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to pay my bills, then I'm not trusting God. Then to what? Be my provider If I'm afraid that my children aren't going to be safe, then what are we doing? We're not trusting God with our children. You see, God reveals my fears. I want God to test us. And I want him to show us our anxious thoughts. You see, some scripture says this, perfect love casts out what? All fear." There's another scripture that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Search my heart, O God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You see, when we pray this type of prayer, God will reveal things to you about yourself that you may not have been willing to accept otherwise or have a knowledge of. Um, I have been, as I mentioned in the beginning of the message, sometimes God reveals to us some things that we aren't maybe doing right that we should be doing. And as I said, this happened to me a couple weeks ago with a group of friends that I have. And, and uh, I'm a witty person. Is anybody in here witty? I, I could be very witty. You know, I, you know, I can come back with something like that. I don't do it to y'all because I love you, okay? But I could come back. I'm a witty person. So God began, I'm going to be transparent with you. God began to check my spirit on that. He said, how are you using the ability to talk and the giftings that I've given you to glorify me? Or are you using it to put down your friends? Think about that. You See, the words you say, the, the, the term sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Really? That is a lie because words hurt and words pierce and words cause turmoil and frustration. So we ask God to reveal us, reveal our fears, our anxious words, our thoughts. You see, sometimes we want God to move in our life, but we're not really wanting to say, God, I need you to do an inventory here first. It's kind of like we want to skip over it. We want the miracle, but we don't want the process that it takes. You see, my prayer is that we as a church will grow and you as individuals will grow. I'm talking spiritually here. Everything else will follow. I'm confident in that. But spiritually, we must become more mature than we are right now. Whether you're the newest Christian here or whether you're the most seasoned, you will never get to a spot where you can honestly say, God, I need no more of your direction. You've done all the work you can do in me and I am who I am. And if people don't like it, they're just going to have to get over it. That is a really, really poor attitude. Because we need to be like, God, I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better spouse. God, I I want to be a better servant of yours. I want to be a better worker or a worker in my church. I want to be a better subordinate. I want to be a better employee or I want to be a better boss. I want to be a better father or I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better acquaintance. I want to be when people see me, they see you in me. So sometimes we have to pray that prayer of search me, God, Know my heart, test me, reveal my anxious ways. And then thirdly, number three thing is is that it gets a little bit more difficult: uncover my sins. This is what David prayed, and that takes courage. Uncover my sins. You know, we think of the, of the, the Big Ten, or, or we think of the seven deadly sins, or something like that when we're thinking of sins. But what about our thoughts? You say, oh, well, thoughts aren't a sin if you don't act on them. Well, if you continue to thought or think it, you're eventually going to act it. And listen to this. I'm going to totally destroy that comeback of that, you know, if you don't act on your thought, then it's okay. If you're doing everything okay to start with, those types of thoughts will never even enter your mind. If you're doing the things that God is commanding you to do through reading His Word and praying to Him and seeking after righteousness and holiness, rather than looking at self, then those thoughts won't come to your mind. You see, we're all made up of a foundation, every one of us in this room. We're made up of a foundation, and our relationship with God is supposed to be made up of a foundation. Y'all know the story of, you know, the house is built upon the rock or the sand or whatever. The winds come and what happens? It blow it down. But the ones that build on the rock, what, it stays strong. Those thoughts of your life are the winds that are blowing against you. Because those are the things that are going to make you act or react in an appropriate manner or in an inappropriate manner. Your foundation determines how you're going to do it. How you're going to answer it what others are going to see of you. If we're not foundationally strong in God and his word, or in time of prayer with him, then when those storms of life begin to push in and come in, as much as you want to say, I'm going to be strong, it's going to weigh heavy on you, and it will cause you to fall. David understood this, and he says, you know what, God? Uncover my sin." Show me where my sin is because I need to build this foundation up. I need to become strong in you, God. Sometimes we become displeasing to ourselves by the actions and the thoughts that we have taken on. And then there's other times where we will kind of look at what we've done, said, or acted, or reacted, and justify it. We're quick to justify our faults and our wrongdoings. But you know what we're not quick to justify? We're quick to accuse others of theirs. Aren't we? We're quick to accuse. I can't believe she's dressed like that. I can't believe he speaks with that type of language. I can't believe they made this kind of a a, a decision. I bet they didn't even pray first. You see, we're quick to judge or to accuse others. We're quick to have that type of an attitude that is, forget about me. Let's look at everyone else. Let's look at their faults. Let's look at where their hangups are, their problems. Because why? It makes us feel a little bit better about who we are. It's easy when we look at someone else's wrongdoing and feel good about ourselves. But it's hard when you look at your wrongdoing and see what you need to do necessarily to grow in God. You see, David understood this because he says a prayer. He says, uncover my sins. See, the heart is deceitful. The most common lies we tell are not to others, but what? To ourselves. Search my heart, God. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. And then see if there's any offensive way in me. I'm going to throw three questions out to you this morning. To ask yourself as you're going throughout life. And this is one. First question is this. What are are others trying to tell me? Now, hopefully you're close enough to individuals. And this has happened to me before in my life. And I'm sure it's happened to you before in your life where people have tried to bring something to your attention. Whether it's been a parent or close friend or just someone. Bring to your attention that maybe you're not doing right. You know, hey, I see this about you. What's going on? I see your attitude has changed. What's happening there? Why, why, Why all of a sudden the change? You know, hey, you know. I haven't seen you in church in a long time. What's what's happening? What's going on? You know, I, I see your 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 the jokes that you are telling are more inappropriate now. What's going on? You know, I I see yourself you know falling and 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 lingering with individuals that are going to pull you down. What what is going on there? You see, when people start recognizing things about you, it's pretty apparent. In fact, typically by the time Everyone else has already recognized that there's a problem going on in your life. You've already pushed it aside to move on as if to say, I'm fine. I have no worries. See, David said, uncover my sin. God is going to use anything and everything possible to get your attention about your sin and about what you're doing, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. Second question. That you might want to ask yourself is this. What have I rationalized for some time? What have I rationalized? Kind of like this. I um, mean, I struggle with this all the time. And, but you know what? It's my one hang up. And, and God knows I have that hang up. And you know what? I'll just pray to him. We'll be fine after I'm done and move on. We rationalize. Instead of looking at the problem and saying, God, reveal it to me in a manner that, you know what, this isn't right any longer. How I'm living my life right now is not what you intended me to live. See, there's so many habits that we take on in life that really kind of weigh us down and pull us down. They really do. We allow ourselves to be consumed with alcohol at times. You know what we hear? One of the biggest lies that you can tell, I'm only going to have one drink and it's not going to alter my personality. And then the next day you wake up and you're going, what have I done? Who wants to live that type of life? Who wants to fall under that? I don't. I don't want you to fall under that. You know, I've worked with some gentlemen before who have been consumed with pornography in their life. They say, well, you don't understand. I've had to, this is, a real, this is real stuff, guys. You don't understand. This is something that I've had to go to because it's lacking in my life. Well, I promise it's going to continue to lack if you allow it. Oh, but you know what? It's, nobody will see it. Nobody knows it's a secret sin. Nobody will know. God does. I had a friend, and I actually still have one. Just one. Had to humor you up a little bit there. And um, I noticed for some time he was becoming very critical about people. Real critical. Pointing out their faults. Some of the friends that were close to us, he was pointing out faults. This individual was. And uh, he would start talking to me. And, and it got to the point where I was like, man, look, I don't want to hear it. Let's either either get on a different topic or... We're just not going to talk right now. And he would just continue and continue. And uh, one day, the very things that he was griping about others about, he all along was struggling with it himself. And he was allowing the problem of other people to rationalize his fall. And it came to bite him really hard. I don't know what you're rationalizing in your life, whether it's your speech, whether it's a habit that you may have, whether it's something that you consume. I don't know what you're rationalizing, the attitude, what you're saying to other people because, you know, you want them to pray about this person. The material things that you're going after because you feel that you must have it in order to be happy the pride that's building up inside of you because you think you're better than everyone else. I don't know what you're rationalizing, but God does. David said, God, you know what? Uncover my sin. As I'm speaking this to you right now, almost all of you, some things are rolling through your mind. And you're going, I got a problem here. I got a problem with gossip. I got a problem with lying. I got a problem with showing so much anger. Well, it's because my kids are so bad. Maybe they're so bad because you're so angry. Think about it. Third thing is, why am I most defensive? You know, the the saying of this, we're not going to go there. We're not going to talk about that now. Stop judging me. I don't have a problem with that. You know what's funny? Is that while I was talking about number two, some of you were doing number three in your mind. As I was listing things off and saying things, you're going, no, I don't have a problem, Pastor Kevin. No, I don't have a struggle. We're not going there. You don't understand how, what the pressure I'm under. And this, uh, this is my way of out. This is my escape. That's not your way of escape. You're just digging your hole deeper. And life's getting harder. David said, Search my heart, God. Reveal my fears. He says, Uncover my sins. You know, I don't think there's any of us in this room who want to fail, we don't want to fail. You don't want to fail at life. You don't want to fail in your job. You don't want to fail in your marriage. You don't want to fail at different things. You don't want, you don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. You don't want to fail. And when we pray that prayer of God, reveal my, my sins to us. And it's a dangerous prayer because you may not want God to bring attention to those sins that you've been covering up and trying to push aside for so long. But if we don't allow God to do this, if we don't allow God to search our hearts and to to reveal our anxious thoughts or know our anxious thoughts and to reveal our sins, then what ultimately is going to happen is you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going to drop the ball. And you're going to find yourself having to pick it back up again and, and moving on. You know, we often think, well, the biggest thing in my life is I just need to accept Christ. And then everything else after that will be just fine and easy. Often I've found it's the little things that are the big things in life. It's the little things that you think that you can get over and move beyond that actually are the big things. And they keep giving you heartache, hanging you up, causing you to fall time and time and time again. So David prayed this prayer, and he got it out, and he finishes it by saying this. Number four, David said at the very end, he prayed this, lead me. Verse 24 says, see if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. When you have the courage to pray a dangerous prayer, search me, God. You're asking God this. Permission to look deep into the depths of my deceitful heart and show me. God, test me. Then when we get to reveal to me anxious thoughts, here's what we're saying. Show me the very places that I fear the most. But that shows me where I trust you the least. And then we say, see if there's any offensive way in me. No, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody, God. I'm letting you reveal to me What I need to hear. You see, when you pray this prayer, it will show you your need in life. Before God can really and truly lead you, you must be able to submit yourself completely to this prayer. God, search me. Know my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. Reveal them to me, God. Uncover my sins. And then, Lord, I'm asking you to lead me. You see, this isn't a prayer that is, God, I need a miracle. God, bless my family. God, you know, keep us safe. Um, God, whatever. This isn't a safe prayer because this is a prayer that might cause some un. Comfortable situations arise in your life. Some old struggles that you never dealt with, but still seem to keep creeping up in your life. These are things that God's going to pull out and say, we need to deal with this. We need to deal with this. You're not where I want you yet. I want you to stand with me this morning. When we pray this prayer, and God will reveal to you. If you want to grow in God, you will want to pray this prayer. If you want to grow spiritually, you will pray this prayer in your life. And you know what? God's going to bring some things that are uncomfortable up. He's going to reveal them to you. But listen, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus Christ, who died on that cross for those anxious thoughts, for that uncovered sin, for that deceitful heart. Thank God for Jesus. You see, in the end, that's what makes everything better. Because listen, I can pray the prayer today and God can reveal and I can take it before the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I'm struggling with. I need your help. Here's my thoughts. Here's my ways. Here's my sin. And I can leave that prayer time confident knowing that God's going to help me through. He's going to forgive me through His grace and through His mercy and through the love that He has for me. But then two or three days later, something else could cause me to fall. And I might have to go before God again. God, God, I need this. You see, this prayer, maybe not verbatim, but in some way should be a part of our daily life. God, search me. Show me my heart. Where am I being deceitful to others, God. Where am I being deceitful to you and myself? Reveal my anxious thoughts. Lord, where am I not trusting you in my life? I need to trust you more, Lord. I don't know what tomorrow brings and it's uneasy, but God, I can't worry about it. I need to give it to you because, Lord, you're my provider. You're going to take care of me. And God, you know what? I need you to uncover this sin because there's something that's keeping me here and not getting here with you. And God, whatever's in between that's causing friction between us, I need this to be gone. I need these actions to be gone. I need these habits to dissipate. I need you, Lord, to do a miracle spiritually in my life. See, I want God so bad to do such a marvelous work in your life. I do. It's not enough that we come each week and and, and we pray and we praise and we hear a message and we respond to an altar call. I want you to understand that it's going to take some self-discipline out of you. You want God to move and to change things in your life, then you need to change. Your ways of yesterday cannot be the ways of today and tomorrow. You must begin to change. See, time's running out in your life. What is it that you want God to do? What is your dream? What is you? What have you been praying In seeking the Lord after. But yet you're not willing to change. We say we are. But when the temptation comes and the struggle becomes very real. We fall into it. Rather than having self-discipline and say, God, I'm taking a stand. No matter how bad that temptation might be, God, I'm going to take a stand. No matter how strong that drawing is, Lord, I'm going to take a stand. My mouth will be closed. I will not allow my eyes to see the inappropriate. I will not allow my speech, Lord, to be anything other than blessing and honor and glory to your name. And that's just a few. So my question to you this morning, are you willing to pray this prayer? We said it a little while ago, but now it's got a little bit more meaning. It's not just the words of David. But now it becomes the words of you. You say you want more of God and you want to draw draw closer to him in relationship. Are you willing to step out and be the man and woman that God has created you to be and say, Lord, I want this prayer to be a part of my everyday life. I don't care how dangerous it might be. I need you to bring all of this to my revelation so that, Lord, I may change. Father, I thank you this morning for every person that's in this room today. And God, as you have shown us through your scripture, through the psalmist David, Lord, the prayer that he prayed to you, God, was so intimate in that moment that he wanted to do nothing but what you wanted. And he prayed that wonderful prayer in Psalm 139 to you, God. And today, Lord, you have broken that prayer down for us. To give us a head knowledge of what it was about. But Lord, now make it a spiritual knowledge. A heart knowledge. A change in our life. Lord, not allowing it just to be words that we hear again on another Sunday morning. But God, that we will get deep in you. That, God, we will become hungry for your righteousness. God, that we will become hungry for your holiness. God, that we would allow self-discipline. God, that we would change our ways, Father. Not so much as just to say that we have changed, but, Lord, that we would actually put this change in process. My prayer, God, today is for every one of these individuals who was here and that has heard this message, God, that your Holy Spirit has dealt with them. And you have revealed some things about their life, God, that must change. Some old ways, some habits. I thank you, Father. So my question to you this morning. First of all, is if you don't know this Jesus Christ as I know him, as my Lord and Savior. My prayer is that you know him before you leave here. My prayer is that you will get to know him before you leave here the greatest decision I ever made in my life was accepting Jesus Christ. The greatest man that has ever been in my life is Jesus Christ. The greatest influence that has ever been in my life is Jesus Christ. There's nothing else that could substitute who he is in my life. So that's my first altar call this morning. If that's you, I'm asking you to step out. If you wanna say, Pastor Kevin, today, I want to make a declaration, a public declaration that I want Jesus Christ in my life. I'm asking that you make that this morning. But then secondly, I'm asking this. You've heard the words of this prayer. And if God has, or the Holy Spirit has dealt with you in it, is maybe showing you some things that he's revealed some things. You haven't even prayed the prayer yet, but yet he's already been revealing. He's already revealing He's showing you your heart. He's revealing those anxious thoughts, what you're worrying about, where you're trusting him the least. He is uncovering the sin. If that is you this morning, that is my second altar call. I'm asking you to come down here because here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer. But we're going to do it in a manner of not because Pastor Kevin said let's pray this prayer together. We're doing it in a manner of, God, it's time. time. I've been talking about it long enough. I've been wanting it long enough. God, you know what? It's time. I've been praying for change, but my ways have just been ugly. God, it's time. God, it's time for me to to grow up spiritually. It's time for me, Lord, to, to mature. It's time. So if that's you this morning, I'm asking you to step down, to come to this altar. I want you to stand here with me because we're going to pray a prayer together. So this is your opportunity.